This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Today's guest is a mom of two, the owner of The Fitness, and a kinesiologist and personal trainer who has worked in the fitness industry for over 18 years. With a number of certifications under her belt, including nutrition, sports strength and conditioning, pre and postnatal, BOSU, woo, twist conditioning, Zara's company, The Fitness, has helped inspire thousands of women to feel more confident and strong in their own skin. Her teachings have been featured in Self, Women's Health, and Shape Magazine, amongst others. In this episode, we talk about leaving labels behind to pursue passion, the beauty of movement, and why we love to avoid it, even though we know it is so good for us. This is not an episode you want to miss, so get comfortable, and thank you so much for being here, Zara. Thanks so much for having me, Erin. I'm super excited. Yeah, I would love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about your path to becoming a kinesiologist and to working in the fitness industry. Yeah. So my journey to fitness kind of started when I was really young. I've always been super active. It's funny today I bumped into a friend's mom and she was like, hey, naughty, naughty. And I was like, oh yeah, that's still me. I've got two kids. (laughs) She's like, I remember you running around the mosque. And I'm like, yep, that's me. What did they call you? Naughty, naughty? Naughty, naughty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So funny. To this day, she still calls me that and it's hilarious every time I see her. I love it. So I've always been youngest of three, my brother and sister, a lot older than me, like 11 years and seven years. So I don't know, I think I was just always like trying to fit in and trying to like keep myself busy. Well, you know, I felt like I was in a house of adults, but my parents totally let me be a kid and run around. So I've always been super active. My family's from Kenya, uh, Nairobi. I was born here in Canada and my dad, he was a phys ed teacher. So I think kind of always been in me. And when they moved here and when I started going to school, even with my brothers and sisters, my dad was always like the one taking us to like practices. And then he'd practice in the backyard with us and he'd put up the basketball net and practice drills with me. So yeah, as I got older, played a lot of like my school teams. And when it was time to pick a career, I was like, oh, it's kind of tough. My brother's an accountant. My sister's a pharmacist. My dad when he moved here, they, he started a contracting business. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I knew I always loved people. I always wanted to work with people. I knew I could not sit at an office or at a desk or something like that. Actually, it was my track and field coach who was also my guidance counselor. And he's like, have you ever thought of kinesiology? And I was like, what? I had never even heard of it, actually, to be honest. And I was like, okay, I don't know. What is this? Because it was like always called phys ed, but this was turning it into like a really good undergrad for things like physiotherapy and chiropractic and sports medicine and things like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I told my parents and like, okay, sure, go for it, you know, and coming from the background that I had and the culture that I had, I think I was very lucky that my parents were like, go do it. Like, whereas in our background and culture, either like a doctor, an accountant, a lawyer. So for them to really trust that they knew that this was my passion and they knew that this would make me happy and I would hopefully be able to help people and be successful in terms of anything to do with health and fitness and getting people active and moving, then uh, they were supportive of that. So yeah, it's always kind of been my path, I guess, to go to. I didn't know how it would turn out. I thought I'd be like a physiotherapist. I thought I'd work on a sports team and be their athletic therapist. I didn't really know which way it would turn. 
But yeah, it's kind of brought me here to teaching. I love teaching my fitness classes. I love training my clients. And just this whole world of online training has exploded and being able to reach so many people and share my passion for health and fitness. So, oh, and you do it so well. You are oh, such you so an inspiration much. and so natural in all of your videos. And I think what really drew me to you right away is that I feel although everything is beautiful and on brand that you've created, it's also really simple. Like you do your exercises from home with people. You're so amazing at encouraging people to not worry if they don't have a set of weights and like the latest outfit from wherever it is to just grab a water bottle, fill it up with water and that becomes your weight. So I think it's so accessible to people, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I just want to pop back for a second. You mentioned that in your background and in your culture, there's often a lot of pressure to take this path to becoming a doctor or a lawyer or or one of these professions that are so well-known and often are labeled higher status. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and about your culture? Because I actually think regardless of that stuff, all parents tend to get an idea of what they would love to see their child be. And often it's an extension of what we would have loved to see for ourselves. But I'm just curious to know a little bit more about that piece of your story. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Muslim. That's our religion. And then in terms of our background, even though I say my parents came from East Africa, our ancestors are from India. So many generations ago from India, they moved to East Africa. We were in East Africa for many generations. And then my parents moved to Canada in the early 70s. And then I was born here. So yeah, it was really interesting. I think you try to hold on to your identity as much as you can in your religion and your culture. But you also realize that you want to learn the new ways of this country and become a citizen of the country and fit in ways that you can. And I think Canada does it beautifully where it's not so much a melting pot, but a mosaic. I've heard that so much. And I love that. We're all these different cultures. You get to keep your identity, you get to keep that culture, but we just build this beautiful mosaic that is Canada. That's what I love about this country. And I think I lucked out in birth order <laughs> being the last one. They're kind of like, fine, do whatever you want. You know? <laughs> I think they realize that even playing sports, I wore hijab at a young age and on my basketball teams and volleyball teams. The uniform was shorts and a t-shirt, but trying to practice my religion, I would have to wear long pants and a top. And I was like, all right, well, let's go out and buy you something that looks like the jersey or I can help you. You know, so they were really accommodating in terms of like, you can do it just if you can still practice your religion and play at the same time, then why not? So they're really good at encouraging that. Yeah. Yes. I think most youth and teenagers go through that moment where they don't feel like they fit in. Did you ever feel that you didn't fit in on the soccer field or on the volleyball court or in whatever sport you were playing because of your religion or because of your background or because you were wearing the hijab? Yeah, for sure. So I lucked out in terms of where I went to school. It was pretty multicultural, but I would say I was probably one of the very few girls that wore hijab. There were probably maybe two or three in my whole school. Most of my friends were Caucasian. It was a regular school, but maybe not as multicultural. I had a couple of people that maybe would say certain things and stuff, but I think I had enough of a solid foundation with my other friends that I played sports with that it didn't really matter. So I think I was very lucky in the sense that like I kind of knew I was different, but I didn't feel like I was treated any differently. If anything, I had incidents where we played in a tournament and we kind of made it to the finals and the coach on the other team that we we're going to play against, he kind of pulled out this rule book and he, I hear him like talking to my coach and they're arguing and then the coach pulled me aside and he's like, he's complaining that you're not in proper uniform. So my coach was like, I'm going to talk to the ref and then my teammates heard and they're like, what? What the hell? He can't say that. 
it was so nice to see that they were ready to (laughs) defend me and jump on me. And my coach pulled me aside and he's like, Zara, don't worry. If you're not allowed to play, none of us will play. And like looking back, I was very lucky to have those experiences because I don't think everyone gets to experience that. And I think that just made me stronger in my love for sport and my faith because I just felt like, okay, like I'm part of the team. It was like they would do that for any member of the team. I feel like if you're open and you're willing and you put your heart in, then you become a team and it doesn't matter what religion, what race. I think they realize that that's something wrong to be pointed out and they would defend me. So it was was a really nice experience to have. And I think that gave me confidence to keep going in sport. That was like my armor. Like I always had that to hold on to. You'll get the odd comment sometimes and you kind of just have to realize that maybe it's that person internalizing that and it does affect you, but you can't let it affect you as much as they want it to affect you, if that makes any sense. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Robbie Detox. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. Absolutely. I was doing a little bit of research for this interview and I came across this amazing article on Oprah.com that featured you. And it was all about the labels that we place on ourselves and on one another. And it showed the images of six individuals. I think it was six. And then it listed a number of professions underneath the individuals. And you were supposed to try and match up which profession you believed which individual was likely to do. 
And underneath, it showed you who did what. And let me tell you, it wasn't necessarily what you expected. The ballet dancer was a man who did not have your stereotypical ballet body. You were sprinting in this gorgeous picture and were representing the fitness world. There was a blonde-haired woman who had a lab coat on. She was a scientist and a researcher. And it really made me stop and think about the labels that we put on ourselves and the boxes that we create for ourselves. You had a powerful quote in that article that said, most people have never encountered a woman in a hijab at CrossFit. I like seeing the shock in their eyes. It starts a conversation. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I reached out to do this interview, I had no intention of us going into a conversation about culture and religion. I didn't want it to be about that at all because that's not what originally attracted me to you. I was fascinated by the content that you create, your depth of knowledge in the area of wellness and health and specifically movement, and the fact that you are a busy mom who is running this online platform this huge community at thefitness.com and that you're actually incorporating these wellness tools into your life. So that's why I was like, I, I need to interview this woman and see what is up. Because at the end of the day, I don't think and I don't want all of the conversation to be around our religion and our culture. Of course, that is an important part of the puzzle because that's an important part of your story. But it shouldn't be about that because at the end of the day, you're talented at what you're teaching and that's all that matters. I think the thing is that I've come to realize over the last little bit is that unfortunately, like we're getting closer to that, but we're not quite at that stage where it's not part of the conversation yet. And it kind of needs to be part of the conversation, in my opinion, because there's still so much misperception. There's still so many labels that we're putting on one another. And it's resulting in these terrible acts of warfare. And we just saw this happen in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, an absolute atrocity of somebody who has built up hate around the Muslim faith going into these mosques. And I'm not going to say his name because I will not contribute to exactly what he wanted, the same as the prime minister of New Zealand has beautifully done. She refuses to say this individual's name to give him the fame that he most likely wanted. And the reality is that the fact that there is misunderstanding, the fact that we have labels is creating hate is creating borders around us that don't need to be there. And so I think it is still so important that we have this conversation so that we understand that we are all the same underneath. We are all the same looking for love, looking for connection, looking for something that is greater than us. And all of those things are fundamental values of the Muslim faith, of Christianity, of the various religions, of spirituality. So I can't wait to get to the point where this isn't part of the conversation and it only is about your talents and what you bring to the world. But I think based on what is happening in the world, that there still needs to be space to have the conversation so there is greater understanding and greater connection. Yeah. And I think someone's, they find my Instagram page or they find a YouTube video, they should just be like, all right, this is a 20 minute hit workout. It shouldn't matter what the person looks like. Your goal is to move for 20 minutes to get active to find a good workout. And that's all that should matter. So I think it's getting to that point. I think it's also, you know, in health and fitness, we're all shapes and sizes and 
everybody at the core wants to be healthy and that's what our bodies are made for. So I love that you say that because that definitely is a goal of mine. It's, I also do feel, because I wear the hijab, I do represent Muslim women and I do represent Islam and I'm trying to do it as best as I can. But also I want people to realize that because I guess with Islam and with the hijab, it's easier to tell than looking at someone else yes. who might be Jewish or another religion, right? Because you kind of wear your faith. But I think in the end, if you find a similarity, you find a connection with that person, it doesn't matter what background they have, what religion they have. There's so many other connections we can have outside of our religion and outside of our culture, right? So I think that it's really important for there to be all different shapes and sizes, all different faiths. And even just in terms of the fitness industry, I love that it's changing. It's not always one body type that you see, right? You see a range of people. And, and you know, I may not look like someone else's body type, but I might identify with something that I see myself in them. So I feel like with fitness, it's really important that we push these boundaries because it's not only one size fits all. You have to find what works for you. You have to find someone that you connect with. And I do sometimes ask people that do my challenge that don't wear hijab or aren't Muslim. I'm like, can I ask what brought you to me? And they're like, oh, I just love that you would do jumping jacks with your kids. Like you said, it had nothing to do with the hijab. Just I saw you being active and I was drawn to that. And so I love that. The same things that drew me to you. You're yeah. getting your kids involved in making their lunches or your 30 minute workout at home because you have kids or you're balancing yeah. a lot of things. And, you know, we were talking about before we jumped on this call, the fact that needing a short workout isn't just the reality for individuals who are moms. Everyone is so busy these days and so pulled in so many directions that having those shorter ways to move your body in a guided capacity is really, really beneficial and helpful. And you're obviously this positive ray of light that attracted me, but also so many other women, like so many women are singing your praises. Oh, thank you so much. So on the front of your website, on the homepage, it says, take care of your body and it will take care of you. So tell me a bit more about what that means to you. So I've had the opportunity and I've had so many women that have allowed me to help them get towards whatever fitness goals that they wanted. And I think the underlying always people come with like, I want to lose weight. I want to look great for this vacation, this wedding, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I really have found that like in that goal, they start moving, they start exercising, they start eating healthy, they start taking care of their body. And it's amazing what that does for themselves mentally, in terms of their mood, in terms of how they perceive themselves, their bodies, like they're starting to realize and celebrate the things that their body can do as opposed to just looking at the scale or looking at a number, a dress size that they want to fit. So like you give your body the love that it needs and in turn, it will do so much for you. Even just the fact that if you take care of yourself and if you're healthy, the fact that you can play with your kids, it's amazing that your body can allow you to do that, right? You can run around after them. You can be exhausted, but you can still provide for your family and be there for your kids and be active and pick them up and throw them around. There's so much that our body can do that I think that we really have to love it and nurture it and take care of it. And it'll just be there for us. I mean, it is every single day. Do you have any recommendations for individuals who are thinking, I know I need to take care of my body more, but I just can't seem to connect the dots to actually doing it? Yeah, there's so many excuses for I don't know how to get healthy. I don't know how to get active. And of course, we're so much busier than we have ever been before. Time is an issue. A lot of people don't know 
where to start. And I feel like the more information that's out there, sometimes you get super overwhelmed and you're like, there's 20 different diets to follow. I have no idea which one to start with. Or there's so many different types of exercises. There's CrossFit and there's boot camp and there's spinning. And where do I start? Break it down. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just say, okay, tomorrow for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, I'm going to do something. Pick any type of activity. It's better than just sitting there and not doing anything, right? It's better than sitting there and scrolling on social media and saying, I should do that exercise. I should try that. Just make that commitment. It could be a walk. It could be, I'm going to try jogging. If you've been running before and you want to get back into it, I'm going to sign up for a class. I'm going to go online and I'm going to find a video. Like just that one little step, just start and you'll see, okay, is this something you like? Is this something you enjoy? Just take steps from that. Even with nutrition and eating tomorrow, I'm going to try and drink a little bit more water. Tomorrow, I'm going to try and add in a few more greens. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to revamp. I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to clean out my pantry. It's just little steps that will get you. And it's a little bit more each day and you'll find your groove. You'll definitely find that groove. You have to just keep going. I remember when we were interviewing this a wonderful woman named Angie Green. She said, sometimes you can't wait for motivation. You just have to start and be dedicated. And that really has resonated with me because there are a lot of days that I don't feel motivated to work out, but I always feel so much better after. And so it's that dedication to self-love and to looking after my body that has to push me out the door to do X, Y, or Z, whatever it is that I'm doing to move my body. Yeah. What are your favorite ways to stay motivated? Or is that just something that is innately within you? Like it kind of seems like you just won the gene lottery and you just no. love <laughs> exercising. <laughs> I do love moving. I don't love every type of exercise. And there's lots of times where I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of times you do feel lazy, but I think I've done it enough to know that I know after I will feel amazing. They always say like nothing ever came of a bad workout because there is no bad workout. It's always like once you start moving, you definitely get into the rhythm. So I think you have to make it a habit. I love that quote. You can't wait for motivation every day. Not every day are you going to be like, I'm going to do this. It has to be just habit. Okay, it's in my schedule. You wouldn't cancel coffee with a friend if it was a work schedule thing, if it was something you had to do for your family. You wouldn't cancel those things. So why do we make it so easy to cancel on ourselves? And I think it's really important for us to realize that we have to put ourselves first and foremost to be able to do all the other things we want to do, right? So that workout shouldn't be pushed out. It should be scheduled and it should be like, all right, this is something that I have to do today because you have to create those habits and you have to make it consistent. I love that. I know that I honestly can't remember who it was that told this to me, but it's always sort of stuck as well. And this idea that one day you won't fit your workout into your life, you'll fit your life around your workout. And I feel like for me at this stage in my life, and I've talked a little bit about my journey through an eating disorder and postpartum anxiety, that movement for me is a form of medicine. It is something that impacts not only my physical well-being, but my mental well-being so much. And I'd love it if you could just share some of the benefits of movement, because I feel like if I say the word exercise, people immediately think like a gym and like pumping weights and on the treadmill for one hour slogging around. But movement, the benefits of movement from a psychological, physiological, <laughs> mental perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, like you had mentioned, right, you really felt that it was to get out of however 
however you're feeling. If you suffer through depression or anxiety, obviously there are other things that you want to do to take care of yourself, but exercise can help so, so much. So I'm sure you've heard, like they say, when you run or when you exercise, it releases endorphins, that happy hormone, right? So it really just helps increase your mood. It helps you feel better. It helps relieve stress as well. And our bodies are made to move, like you said. So even a lot of times, if I'm sharing a poll, I'll be like, did you work out today? And I, I've noticed if I change it to, did you move today? It is a lot less intimidating because moving can be like, you know, putting on a song and having like a fun little dance party and you're sweating, you're getting your heart rate up, but it's such a fun thing to do. And like, you do feel so much better after, right? It doesn't always have to be like, how many reps, how many sets, what's my weight? I think we think it's so specific and it has to be done a certain way, but literally like squats while you're brushing your teeth or jumping jacks while you're heating up your food. It can be fit into your day any way that works for you, right? In terms of even the, the mental benefits also, like I know we know a lot about how it makes you feel like it, it really does help with depression and anxiety. It helps you sleep better. But other things I really find with exercise, what it does is that it kind of, you know, if you're worried about stuff, sometimes you're focused on the exercise. It takes you out of your worry and it puts you in the present moment. You're, you're focusing on your breathing. You're focusing on what you're doing. So it really helps you be present and trains your mind to be present in that moment. And another thing, and I've noticed as well, with a lot of people who do certain exercises or even just are consistent and getting in any type of exercise routine, like it really gives you this sense of accomplishment and achievement. And I find that that trickles into other things in your life as well, because you're like, I killed this workout or I never thought I'd be able to work out three days a week consistently for X amount of time. And I'm doing that. What else can I do? And what else can I put my mind to and really achieve? So I really find that it gets you into that mindset of I can do this. I can set something up and I can hit that goal and I can achieve the next level and I can go further. So even when I see people in my classes being able to lift heavier weights, so I'm like, ah, try to add five. And they're like, no, there I can. I'm like, just try it. You can do it. And they'll do it. And they'll be like, Oh my goodness, I did it. And it's, you know, you got to trust yourself. You're so much stronger than you think you are, right? And I feel like sometimes you need, they need that little extra nudge. And I've noticed it kind of trickle into other aspects of their life as well. And it definitely increases your confidence in terms of forget how your body looks, but even just the fact that being able to do certain exercises that you didn't think you could do or being able to carry things that you didn't think you could do. I think it really builds your confidence and it just makes you feel stronger as a person. Oh, I can totally attest to that. I started doing workouts about six weeks ago with this guy named Shay Emery. He's an ex-CFL player. And I was so nervous when I started going because I was, I have two young kids and I really like my workouts changed so much and my body changed so much during that time. So I went in to do these workouts with him. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm gonna look like a total dumb dumb doing this. But we have had so much fun. And he's got me doing all these exercises that like you said, get me out of my mind and into my body. And that is such a gift on its own, because we are so disconnected from our bodies these days, that it's really powerful to stop focusing on all the things that are coming or all the things that happen and to just be in the moment moving your body and using your strength and breathing hard and sweating like there's something really cleansing about doing that I have to say it's only been six weeks but I feel so much stronger physically but even more importantly mentally and I also feel like a little bit addicted like if I don't do the workout we missed them last week and I miss them 
yeah, it's almost like your body craves it. I need that workout. I need that sweat. Because I think it is, you realize what a change your body goes through when you exercise, right? And I love hearing the passion in your voice when you're talking about it, because that's what will keep you going. If you need to find something, there's not one workout routine that'll work for everybody, right? So you've got to find it, whether it's spinning, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's just running. There's so many different ways of getting activity and moving in your life that I think you have to find what works for you. So even just hearing you talk about your workouts with him and how much fun they are, and I think it's really important to find what gets you going and what gets you passionate about moving. You know, it might take a while to find it, but once you find it, it's easy to be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. I think like what you said is, is so important. There are seven plus billion people in the world and there are seven plus billion ways of working out and figuring out your diet for your body. Just checking in and saying like, how do I feel like moving today? Do I just want to go out in the sun and do a couple sprints at the park? Great. Do that. (laughs) And for some people it's sport, right? Like for my husband, he's like, I don't understand how you work out like this. He has no interest in it. But if you tell him to like play (laughs) basketball, him and my son will play basketball for hours outside. So it's just finding what you enjoy and trying to find ways that you can keep doing those activities, right? And that way you'll just be more consistent at it. So we all have, well, most of us have experienced that buzz from working out or feeling good, or we set that New Year's resolution and we stuck with it for a couple of weeks and then we sort of fell off the train. What would you say are the most common excuses you hear as a trainer and somebody in the fitness world as to why we're not working out, even though Mm -hmm. we know it's so good for us? So as I mentioned, it's the excuse of, oh, I don't have time or I don't know where to start. And another thing is I find a lot of people, if they start, they're worried that they're not going to be able to follow through. So it's almost like that fear of failure. They're like, oh, I'll join the gym, but then I know I won't be able to go regularly. And so they kind of wipe their hands of it and they're like, I'm not even going to start because I'm not going to be as consistent or I'm going to fail at it. So it's a lot of people just talking themselves out of it before they even start. And I just feel like you just have to take that leap. You just have to start moving, get going. And slowly, slowly, those results, which you may think is, I want to lose 10 pounds, but it might not be that once you start getting into your healthier habits and your fitness routine, it might be like, I want to do a pull up, or I want to do push ups, or I want to be able to join a 5k race. Once you get into whatever activity you enjoy, and you start enjoying that, and you start looking at little milestones within that exercise, hopefully, and the idea for me is I don't want people to be able to focus on the scale. I don't want people to focus on the weight. I want them to say like, oh, my body couldn't do this two months ago, but now look at what I can do. And obviously, you know, you will lose inches, you will lose weight, but I don't want that focus to be there because what's going to happen once you hit that goal? Are you just going to stop? That's why people stop because they work for that vacation. They work for that wedding. They work for that number on the scale. And then once they get there, okay, now what? What's that motivation to keep them going, right? So you really need to find internal motivation. Okay, I want to be stronger than I was last week. I want to be able to do this. I enjoy running and I want to keep going. So it's finding those things that you really enjoy so that even if you do, we all have times and months and weeks where we stop, right? But when you get back into it, you, you're, you're almost looking forward to getting back into it because you miss it. So it's about finding something that you enjoy that you can be consistent at. And it's really about those internal motivations that hopefully will keep you coming back. 
Now, you have a free gift for individuals who are listening to this podcast that is a free seven-day workout guide and that we'll link to in the show notes. So if you're thinking, you know, maybe I want to start with Sarah, then that's a great place to go. And we'll make sure that you you have that. And that should hopefully <laughs> help quell that fear of, I don't know where to start because we are on information overload with the number of diets and workouts and the amount of time that you should be doing it and what's healthy for you. And I think at the end of the day comes back to going inward and saying, what can I commit to right now? What do I need? What seems possible and what seems like it's going to bring me joy and that it will be fun. I would love to hear from you a little bit about your experience of motherhood and being a personal trainer, experiencing your body changing? Did you work out your whole pregnancy? Did you flow gracefully into motherhood <laughs> and doing squats with your baby? Or what was that like for you? I wish. So I, I mean, I was active. I was a trainer. So I literally, my son was born five weeks early. So I trained on like the Thursday and then on Friday I had him. And so my husband had to call all my clients and they're like, you're joking. Zara was literally just working out with this yesterday. And he's like, no, no, she had the baby. <laughs> and so to be honest, my pregnancies were pretty, especially with my first one, was very good. I was very lucky. I was active. I felt good. But because he was early and because Again, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, maybe Aaron, you can, and I've talked to my friends, I think it's everybody, but there was this fear. And he was very small. He was like a little over three and a half pounds. Oh, my goodness. And so, yeah, and he was healthy and everything. He was fine. I mean, he had to stay in the hospital for a bit, but that put this fear inside me. It was like, oh, was I exercising too much? Mm. Like, I always eat well. Like, I wasn't eating less or anything like that. I'm a very good eater. I love my food. But, you know, it kind of puts these ideas in your head and then, People come visit you and they're like, oh, but you were so active and that's probably, and you know, they start putting these ideas in your head and you're like, oh my goodness, like, did I do something wrong? What did I do? And pregnancy was great. But after my son, I gained a lot of weight. I wasn't as active because I just had this like fear of, was I doing too much? Was I, and even though I had my doctor actually, she was like, you're fine. It's just your body, right? That's just what happens is maybe you just make small babies. And, but yes, I felt this pressure because I'm the trainer. I'm the one that people are looking up towards and, you know, kind of seeing how my body reacts. But I did, I ended up gaining quite a bit of weight after I delivered him and through that just I was questioning myself my mom came and stayed with me for a couple of months and you know just keeps feeding you and like mm -hmm. doesn't let you move and I'm like <laughs> I just want to go for a walk and she's like no it's cold he's gonna get sick you're gonna get sick so you're just like all right I'll just listen to my mom she knows best yes. so I found that really tough and I didn't recognize my body just in the sense that I had gained a little bit of weight, but it wasn't even that. It's just because I wasn't active. You know, I would like get out of breath going upstairs and I was like, this isn't my body. Like, I'm just not feeling good and comfortable in it. Right. And so slowly, slowly, like after, you know, he did great and he was fine and I figured out nursing and all that fun stuff. <laughs> I started going for walks with him and doing like little exercises. I mean, I didn't really go to the gym much with him. We were living in Ottawa at the time, so I didn't have a lot of help. So it's not like I could leave him anywhere. So like nap time would come and I would just literally I would pick like three exercises and I was literally like huffing and puffing and I had these boobs I didn't know what to do with them like I've always been and I was like oh my god I was like all right but I just got to keep doing this just more to feel like myself again it took a while and after about a year and a bit I, I started to kind of feel like myself again and you know he was growing fine and stuff and so I could kind of trust that process a little bit more but yeah it's tough I think especially for first-time mothers and you know this was like 10 years ago oh my goodness I can't believe he's 10 but there wasn't that pressure of social media of people like bouncing back which I think helped me but I think now it's tough for a lot of moms. And I think it's turning now. Like you do see a lot of moms sharing more like their stretch marks. And I can't show my body, but I wish I could share with people like, 
I don't have a super flat stomach and that's fine because that's my body and it grew this human inside of me, right? Yes. But I love that people are able to share these things because I think it is so important for people to see that and be like, it's totally fine that my body's gone through that. And you know, my body, I don't think my body will ever get back to what it was before the kids, but that's totally fine. I'm happy with what it is now. It's it's my new strong body that had two kids. With my second one, it was a little bit easier. Again, like I said, she was also small. So I think I just make small babies. So she was four pounds. But again, with my husband and he was like, you're totally fine. Just do what you're comfortable with. So with her, I was a lot more active. I would join mom and baby classes. And then that was fun. Like when people found out I was getting an instructor, they were like, oh, forget circle time. Like, can we do like a boot camp class yeah. instead of story time or circle time? Like we'd literally bring our yoga mats and our kids would be like playing with their toys and we'd be doing our exercises. And I loved that. I loved that I was able to do that with my second one, especially because I felt a lot more comfortable and confident with my body and in terms of what my body was able to do. So I was a lot more active with her. Well, thank you for sharing that story. It's just such an, a tough time because there's there's so much that you're trying to figure out that there is so much opportunity naturally for you to question everything. And so I think when you can lose confidence in yourself, I saw, I was scrolling through this morning and saw something that said, you know, you never bounce back after having a baby. Your body will never bounce back. Your mind will never bounce back. You evolve and you change. And I think that's true. I would love to just see that word of bouncing back disappear because we're changing into a mother. And <laughs> that is a really beautiful thing. A lot of times with my clients, they're like, okay, so I just had a baby three months ago. Like, I know I'm not back to where I was. And I was like, it took you nine months to grow that child inside of you. Like, <laughs> Give yourself time. Yes, eat healthy, be active. But I don't know why we put that pressure on ourselves to just, like you said, bounce back. I don't understand why we have to have that focus of going back because we've totally evolved. We've birthed these children. We've grown these children inside of us. And, you know, you're a completely different person at the end of that process, right? So your body's going to change. Your ideas are going to change. So I don't understand why we cling to that before I had my baby body type of thing. But if Victoria's Secret models can do it, shouldn't we be able to do it? I know. Yeah, but we also don't have personal trainers and chefs. You know what I mean? But I don't think people realize that. And also, why do we attach our worth to our looks in that sense? We can be stronger. Like I have so many clients that are stronger now than they ever were when they were maybe, you know, they were smaller before they had kids. Right. So I think it's we have to like start realizing there's different worth to our body. It's about strength and it's about resilience. It's not only about looking a certain way. Right. Because you can be thin what people think thin but you can't be strong you know I love it when I go into my classes and I see women like stronger than I could ever be and that's their power now this is four kids later three kids later and I'm stronger than I've ever been and I think that's so amazing like we can shift the focus to that how amazing and what a great example we'd be setting for our kids as well then I think boom I love that can you touch quickly on how you incorporate your kids in this lifestyle of wellness that you've created for yourself yeah, they're just monkeys they're just everywhere. And so, and I think it's a testament to the way I was brought up. Like I was that naughty girl running around. So I was, you know, my parents let me, I was doing cartwheels in the living room and I was handstands against the wall. And so that's kind of what I know, right? So I'm, the house is a playground for them. We let them just not run wild, but you know, I just want them to be able to always be able to feel comfortable moving around. And I'm totally fine with them going in the basement, kicking a soccer ball around, like doing cartwheels and somersaults on the couch. I think it's really important to 
allow them to have those spaces to be comfortable and to to not always just sit straight and you're going to break this or you're going to break that. Yeah, we don't have furniture in our living room, but I think that's totally fine. Like, you know, we we have dance parties there and we skip and we have fun. You I know? love so it. So I think that that's totally fine. And you know what? It's funny because I guess if I had always worked in a traditional gym, maybe they wouldn't see me. They'd see me go to work. I train my clients and I'd come back. But because the way my career and because I wanted to make sure that I was around when I had them, like I would be putting them to bed and people would be coming in and for a class that I'd be having in the basement or they would peek downstairs and they'd see me working with a client or they'd see me filming a video. So I've been very lucky that they've been able to see me do my work and understand what it is or like, you know, my son didn't have school last week. And so I just dragged him to my class. You know, he gets to play at the CrossFit gym after class is done. And I think it's really nice to be able to like take them along and get them to see that this is what I do. And we say we lead by example in that sense. They know that activity is something that's so important to us. So as much as I can be like, okay, go ride your bike. They're like, no, mom, come ride with me. And I'm like, okay, if I ride with you, then you see that I find, I know that it's important to be active as well. Right. So I think it's really important to play with them, to be active with them because they'll be so much more likely to do it if you're doing it with them as opposed to just saying, okay, go play in the basement or something like that. It's such a beautiful opportunity for them to bond as well with you and and such a fun way of doing that. For sure. And I think just have fun with it. They literally like one time brought the trampoline. It's like a little small trampoline from the basement. They brought it up to our bed and they were like jumping on the trampoline, doing somersaults on the bed. And my first instinct was, what are you guys doing? Like, put it away. My husband was like, they're having so much fun. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then we were like, all right, fine. Just let them have fun. They're being creative. They're moving. You know, right now I'm doing anything I can to get them off screens because they gravitate towards that too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to make some crazy parkour course and, you know, move furniture around and go for it. Because I think that they're only young for so long. And if you can instill this love of movement and creativity and activity in them when they're young, then I think that hopefully they can continue that as they get older. Well, I have no doubt that you are building beautiful subconscious neural pathways for your kids that movement will be (laughs) forever a part of their life. I don't know if you know this, but both of my parents are physiotherapists and they have a couple of clinics in Vancouver. I worked with them since I was 16 and still remember to this day getting to go into the clinic and play around on all the big, you know, BOSU balls and with the TheraBand and thinking this is the coolest place on earth and then just loving it. And I do really believe that when we are active with our kids and when we make that part of our weekend routine or our daily routine, that it's something that they're able to continue to see and to use and to have as a tool for the rest of their life as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I have memories of playing basketball with my dad or, you know what I mean? So I think it is really important and, and, you know, those bring back nice memories. And I think it's nice to build those memories with your kids for them to have as they get older as well. Okay, we're going to go into the rapid fire question portion of the interview. So these are quick and dirty questions. You can answer them with whatever pops into mind first and foremost. Okay. All right. Sounds good. What is your spirit age? My spirit age? Oh, like a 10-year-old girl. That's kind of what I was picturing for you already. (laughs) Yeah, okay, good. Uh, What is your word for 2019? It's funny, I talk about active, but in my head, I need to slow it down. (laughs) So Yeah, easier said than done, but so, so important. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? This is embarrassing, but like less than a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's not embarrassing. That's amazing. No. (laughs) Well, I teach in the morning. So I'm literally like, I roll out, put on my workout clothes, 
face cream, brush my teeth. And what is your love language? I think it's acts of service. Acts of service girl. Okay. Who do you insta stalk? Oh, who do I insta stalk? Oh, so many people. Um, <laughs> so Cat and Nat, we were talking about them. I love them. I'm so proud of them and everything they've done. Jessica Alba, for some reason, I have this like weird connection to her, I find for, I don't know why. So I love watching her and it's fun watching a mom and watching her business grow. I think that's really cool. Carmel Rodriguez, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's really cool. She's like a mom of two. She She's like a ninja mom. Like she does crazy like handstands and she's amazing. So I love watching her and like getting ideas from like what she does and stuff. It's really cool. Cool. We will link to all three of those lovely ladies in the show notes for you in case you're looking for new people to Instastock as well. Would you rather <laughs> watch Netflix, read or listen to a podcast? Oh, that's a tough one. Lately, if you asked me today, it would be listen to a podcast because mm. I've really been into podcasts lately. Any favorites? I've listened to a couple of yours, which are really good. But uh, thank you. <laughs> I did not pay her to say that. <laughs> I know. I know you didn't. But Conan needs a friend. Conan O'Brien. He has, it's so funny. He has this new podcast. It's really hilarious. And we love How I Built This. Oh, love that one. Uh, yeah. It's an NPR podcast. It's really good. And actually, the kids enjoy listening to that, too. I love that one as well. And I will have to check out Conan. Obviously, it's going to be hilarious, but I'll actually listen. It's so funny. Yeah. What is a habit you'd like to kick? I'm not the most organized person. I get stuff done, but like, I feel like if I was a little bit more organized, things would just be a little bit, they'd flow a little bit more. So that goes with my slowing down. That's a habit I need to build, not kick maybe. Perfect. That's perfect. And I feel like so many of us can relate. If you haven't Mary Kondoed your house in 2019 yet, then you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) How many tattoos do you have? Zero, but I'm very tempted to get one. Ah, what would you get if you got one? That's my problem. I don't know. So I need to figure that out first. But I think it would have to do with my family or something. I love like the little dainty ones on wrists. I think they're so beautiful. But yeah, I have no idea what I'd get. So. What's your happy place? Outside, nature, definitely. Mm. Your drink of choice? I'm a water girl. Water with lemon, yeah. Your greatest wellness hack? Always have something healthy in your fridge to eat. You know, always have like one or two things that you know with whatever you have in your pantry or fridge, you can whip up and it's healthy so you're not going for the chips because, you know, we want to grab something that's quick and a lot of times healthy food sometimes may not feel quick. But if you have like one or two quick things that you know you can make, that you've got in your fridge or pantry, then you're good to go. You always have so many great tips for people on the Instagram page I was watching today and you were showing how to make cashew milk. And I was like, this is how you make cashew milk. This is so easy. I could do this. Oh my God. Yes, you have to try it, Erin. It's so easy. I'm going to make it tomorrow morning. Okay. And then last but not least, one word to describe yourself. Fun. I would say fun. I Whatever I do, I hope it's fun. And even in my classes, I want people to just have fun. You are very fun. And this interview has been super fun. So thank you so much for being here. Where can people go if they want to find you or want to connect further? So website, thefitnest.ca, Zalibai. I should change that, but that's what my Instagram is when I first started. Yeah, Zara Alibai or The Fitnest, and you'll be able to find me anywhere. Thank you so much once again. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode. But be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single 
Bible show. If you like this episode, please take a moment to leave a review. You can also take a screenshot and share it on social tagging at Raw Beauty Talks. We'll be gramming your posts every week. As we wrap things up, remember your body is different than any other body out there. So as you listen to these episodes, keep tuning back into yourself to see what resonates. Above all else, remember you are worthy, you are beautiful, and you are not alone on this incredible journey called life. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.